Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Pro Report podcast interview. Pleased to welcome a great singer who's on tour right now with Steve Hackett. He has a brand new album out as well called The Regal Bastard. Very pleased to welcome back to the show, Nad Sylvan. Hey there. How are you? Hi, Roy. I'm fine. Sorry for all the mishaps. You know, we've been shooting a video the whole week. No, no worries. What video? Which song? Uh, I Am The Sea, the first track. Oh, the, the official video. Cool. I'm always working, always seem to be doing something. If it's not the garden, it's the music or whatever, you know. It's I'm always busy with doing something, and I kind of like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And you're on a, a little bit of a break now from, from the Hackett Tour. Is that coming up again soon? Yeah, well, I'm fly down to Italy the, July the 13th for five shows. So I'll just be away for a week. Nice. So tell me a little bit about the uh, the tour... Uh, the the selling England by the pound album you guys are playing. What's been going on on this tour? How's it been? Well, you know, you know, we have a new drummer. We have Craig Blundell. Now. Sure, yeah, fantastic drummer. Everyone seemed to be very keen on getting it absolutely right from the word go. So when we started to rehearse in London, early April, I think I flew over the April days. I mean, the whole band just nailed everything from the from the on the very first rehearsal day. So actually, Steve cut down on one or two days. The rehearsal said, "You don't guys, you don't need to play anymore. You already know the stuff." I mean, we the first time we played through the Battle of Epping Forest, it was flawless. We just looked at we just looked at each other. We just played the the most fucking difficult track on the album, just like it was, you know, the hundredth time we played it. And that's that only shows how keen everyone's been to get it absolutely right you know from the from the start so that that rubbed off with the audience so to speak so it's been a very successful tour we did 31 shows throughout europe uh, yeah and so it's it, it, i'd say the happiest tour ever and i just think with the the current lineup is the best lineup ever with jonas and and craig the new rhythm section is is fantastic you know well, that's great. Yeah, those guys. I've, I know those guys from other, uh, you know, projects that they've done. All these different albums. Craig with Stephen Wilson and Jonas with, you know, Flower Kings and all these bands. Yeah. I mean, did did you know them before they joined? Were those you know in the musical circles? Or those guys you knew? I didn't know Craig, but Jonas and I. We, you know, I'm Jonas. I'm known Jonas for ten years because we yeah. were in Agents of Mercy. Agents right. of Mercy. So, yeah, I consider Jonas my little brother. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. So I want to ask you a little bit more about the, the genesis of you've been now touring with Steve, uh, playing these shows and, and these classic Genesis songs now for a few years. What's seven. been yeah, seven years already? Wow, that's unbelievable. What, what what looking back now, what's the biggest challenge for you with this material? Is there a song that that is still, you know, the most difficult or takes the most out of you when you do this material? Let me think. That's a good question because we we've covered a lot of stuff throughout the years. I think what it all comes down to is confidence, really. If you know you're going to nail something, you just know it, you know, then you then you will, and you'd be very surprised if you don't. Uh, I w- I think the first year was the hardest one because I was the new guy. No, very few knew who I was, and they 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 didn't realize who I was. Or my ability as an artist, they had no idea I could write songs, you know. They just thought I was a, I don't know, like a dandy or something. Misconceptions of who I was. And that's okay. I was the new guy. So I was struggling for a bit. And there was still some songs that I didn't, hadn't really found the right technique for, you know, and, you know, finding my head voice and all of that for the really high bits. So I pushed my 
chest voice over the over the limits so it it would crack and I, I I just had to reinvent my singing technique the first year that was so hard but I, but when we done the spring leg of the tour and came to the you know during the the shows in the autumn when we did the Albert Hall and all of that it was getting I was getting there and 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 that show at Albert Hall that showed my you know evolution that year was spectacular and it's gone from you know one strength from from one strength to the other i can't really say that i struggle with any songs anymore but the only thing that i i don't do right now we don't do those really hard songs like squonk or uh what else is there bits of afterglow when you go really really high um uh some or Eleventh Earl of Mars is a good example when I'm, you know, singing above my comfort zone, uh, like a longer stretch, and 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 it's you have to be very, very, um, how should I say, you have to be very confident to 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 pull those off because you know I'm a really a baritone singer. That's my that's you know that's the kind of singer I am really. Uh, deeper voice kind you know as I've gotten older that's only become much more clear to me that I'm a baritone singer I can still sing the high songs but so if you if, if I if I ever struggle it's with the really high bits yeah yeah I uh I gotta tell you every time I've seen the band and fortunately I've had a, a number of chances to see you guys playing and I just I get such a great feeling from seeing these shows that you that you guys do the band Every time has been great, and the and the performances are just just flawless, and it's just spectacular to watch. So I, I commend you and the band for, you know, continuing to pl- play these shows and the classics, the, the you know Steve's new material, his solo material, the Genesis stuff. It's all just just awesome. So thank you very much. And uh, of course, so we got to talk about the new album, the Regal Bastard, uh, out uh, July fifth. You know, I got to tell you also, I love this album. I think it's just the best. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's okay to tell you. I mean, out of the three you've done, it's right. It's my favorite, I think. Um, they've all been great. But this one, something about this one uh, just really speaks to me, especially I think like the title track is great and I Am The Sea is great. You know, when did this album start to develop for you and when did you start working on it? Uh... I already had sketches of these songs right after The Bride came out. The Bride said now came out in May of 2017. I think I already had some sketches of these songs in the su- during the summer. Uh, a lot of this material are ideas I've had in my head for years. You know, like this one track called Leave Me on These Waters, where Guthrie tracks a beautiful solo, by the way. Um, that was a that was a song I had in my head for a couple of years. I just you know it was just you know it was uh, just maturing inside my head till I knew it was about time to record it. And uh, but all songs on this album was written between to the I would say the autumn of two thousand and seventeen till till December last year. Yeah, it's. Uh... So, it's great stuff. I mean, did you, when you started working on the first album, Courting the Widow, yes. was, was the plan to do the trilogy? Did you already think that far ahead from that perspective? No. Uh, I'll tell you exactly what that was all about. Courting the Widow, as well as the song, a song called, uh, what's the first one? Carry Me Home is the first one on that album. 
those two songs was sort of songs that we tried for for Agents of Mercy, the band I have with Roy and Stoltz and Jonas, and they didn't really fit in to what we were doing at the time. So I just kept them for myself. So they were, they were kind of old, you know. I mean, according to Widow, that song is ten years old now, and, and "Carry Me Home" is from two thousand and eleven. So those songs, they were they were written in between 2009 and 2015. So that was like six years of material I cherry-picked from. Whereas the songs from the, you know, the, the, the following albums were written, you know, the same year. I basically released them or the year before. So they're, they're much more, they're fresher. They're more, you know, they're more now than the previous. That Courting the Widow is more like old school prog, I feel. Uh, not slating it at all. I love the album, but... I think where I am now with the Regal Bastard is, you know, it's it's a continuation. It's it's a journey on the seas, and the sea is the metaphor for me finding new music. You know, going to new journeys. Well, I I agree. I mean, I think listening to the new record, you hear a progression from from that uh, the first one of the three. You know, that that first one does have a little bit more of like the Genesis influence to it. I think than. you know, this one is still progressive, but but it's your it just has a different vibe to it, it and. Um, just, it's more pop. more pop. It's yeah. not so much rock. It's more pop, but it's pop prog with yeah. a lot of a lot of R and B and soul music into it as well. And that's what I do. I'm a soul singer, basically. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, I talked about the title track, which is great, and the the musical performances by everybody on on that song in particular are fantastic. But what is the the title and naming the title, naming the album "The Regal Bastard." What is what is that all about? Well, "The Regal Bastard" was a, actually a title I came up with years ago, and I think I wanted to name the second album "The Regal Bastard." But I, I thought, no, hang on. The bride said, "No, no, I'm going to wait with the Regal Bastard." Uh, and and but also to make it clear for people who think that I'm, you know, saying, "Oh, you bastard!" Like like you know, like a cost book. Like cussing, you know, like in a bad way. That's not how I use the word. And I think when you hear the lyrics, you realize, okay, so it's the king's illegitimate son. That's what you know, the bastard son. And so, um, so that's it's kind of a disclaimer in a way that I'm not trying to be naughty, even though I am a very naughty person. But aren't we all? So <laughs> no, but it, honestly, that's what it means. And um, the regal bastard is. It's, it's a little bit about my father because, you know, he, he my father lived in Oahu, Hawaii for years, you know, 18 years he lived there. So um, it also derives from the song Oahu, the second track on the album. It's the same theme, same melody that, that reoccurs in the Regal Bastard. So it's like a premonition, if you like. When, so you, when you hear the Regal Bastard kicking off, you you you, you sort of recognize the melody okay that comes back again which is typical for a prog album you sure know, yeah but we love that stuff on these <laughs> these uh, albums so that's so this sort of like oh oh there, I, i'm oh i've heard that before so that's kind of nice um also the regal bastard is it's a metaphor a lot of these lyrics are metaphors the whole lyric for the regal bastard is a metaphor basically about my sort of uh, i have lots of conflicts with my mother and uh, she passed away 10 years ago now, but, uh, you know, he, she wanted me to look more, I, I just use the word regal now, but, you know, she thought, oh, you shouldn't wear your hair like that. No one can see your cheekbones and blah, blah, blah. You should dress differently. And she wanted me to be more regal, if you like, you know what I mean? More, more sophisticated. And I was, I've always been a hippie, you know, 
even though, albeit a sophisticated hippie, bourgeois hippie, if you like. Uh, so, so that was sort of the guy that I, I, she wanted me to be, uh, that I sort of all eventually grew into being just by becoming older. And also, if you look at the way I, I, you know, I come across on stage with what I wear and all of that, uh, people have said that, you know, like, well, he looks like, you know, seasoned Shakespeare, Shakespearean, you know, art performer, um, actor. And so I, I do have that sort of regalness, regal thing about me on my on stage. I know I do. And so it's a little bit of pun uh, towards that, you know, how I, I am, my, my stage persona, my, my, the way I am as an artist, really. And it's, it's a little bit taking the piss out of myself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. Who's playing drums on, on that the title track? Nick DeVigilio. Wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's amazing drumming on that song. The the middle the middle section, the whole instrumental section, I just love that. It's fantastic. Oh, you mean the breakdown, the breakdown bit with Jonas and him just going yeah, with it? Yeah, that's so good. I know that's that's sort of the highlight on that on the, that song to me when that breakdown and I go come in with the guitar solo and yeah. just it's very airy. It's, very, it's uh, that's what I love about that bit. Um, yeah. You also have uh, Guthrie Govan and, and Steve Hackett, of course, back again. The, uh, yeah. One of the brilliant songs from the last album was What Have You Done, which I thought was just an outright classic. Uh, their dual solo at the end of that song was brilliant. Um, and you, you have them again. Uh, is that just sort of a simple, you know, you, you write the song and you decided, I need a solo here, you call them up and it's sort of quick like that? Or how do, how do those kind of things happen? Well, it you know, I gave it a good thought. Uh, I was actually, this is a funny story. Um, for what have you done? Initially, I, I had contacted Andrew Latimer from Camel, you know, that guitarist sure, of Camel. Because sure. yep. uh, we hit it off like three years ago in Japan. We, we parted all night and, you know, we became friends, or so-called friends. We, we, we do. And then I asked him to track solo for me for what have you done? And he he couldn't do it. He was sick or something. So I, so I asked Steve and I asked Guthrie and they both did. And so uh, I didn't know if, which one I was going to use, you know, either Guthrie or Steve, because, you know, I didn't know if they could. So I just better have a plan B. So if one couldn't do it, the other one could, you know, like that. But they both delivered, they both delivered on the same day. So I had to extend the song. That's why it became so successful. Uh, so when, when it came to tracking solos for the, for the Regal Bastard, uh, I wanted Andrew to track the solo for Leave Me On This Waters, and he started doing some work for me, but then he was occupied with other stuff, and so it wouldn't happen again. So again, I contacted Guthrie. I thought, well, Guthrie, you're gonna, you know, you have to save me this time. And so, and so he did. And if you listen to that solo, he's more sort of sparse. He's not really going for it as much as he does on I Am The Sea or, or what he, how he played it on um, What Have You Done. So and so it almost like in what have you done? He 
out sort of outplays Steve a bit. You know, Steve is more careful. What what he's not so wild, if you like. So, so this is like Steve's getting back at at Guthrie with what he does uh, on uh, "Honey, I'm Home," the track that that follows. Uh, leave me on this water. Yeah, that's that's Steve at his best on that one. That's amazing. That that's what I'm thinking. So Steve sort of got back at Guthrie. Well, you know, I'm gonna this <laughs> 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 <it's> motherfucker. You know? <laughs> that's the kind of idea that I wanted him to be more wild, and uh, it really works. And and again, I twin them, but in two different tracks, following each other. I think that's. I, I, I thought that was just a brilliant thing. You know what's cool about the, them as guitarists is that uh, I listened to the album first off without knowing who played on what song or who, you know, I, I'm not sure I even knew who the guest was guests were yet on, on some of these. And I listened yeah. to uh, listen to the album and I, and I said, well, that's got to be Guthrie again. It's got to be him. And sure, you know, and it's so recognizable, you know, right away. And then, of course, Steve is the most recognizable. So, you know, right away, it's him. And that's just yeah. a, such a cool uh, such a cool thing when a guitarist has a, a specific sound that not every guitarist can say that. I think. I very true. I, I think that um, was well, Steve. Steve's got his own, you know, trademark, his his own sound. I mean, you know, people have copied him for years. He is immediately rec- recognizable. Uh, Guthrie maybe is a little bit more diverse. He could play any style. I don't think Steve can play any style. He can just be Hackett and be, you know, perfect at that. But he can, although I, I have to, I have to uh, add that hearing Steve play nylon guitar is such a different thing from hearing him go electric. It's like, you know, two different sides of him. And he is uh, even, uh, you know, I do prefer him on the nylon. That's, that's his best. He's an amazing nylon guitarist just incredible and and so uh, and i was thinking of having me steve playing some nylon on on my next album which is going to be more acoustic okay so what can you tell us about that and and are you already writing it is it do you have a timeline for something like that coming out uh i don't want to reveal too much but i since i've done three albums you know in four years a trilogy I want to have an sort of like an interim album with going completely in a new direction, doing something else. But I can give a, l- a little giveaway is that the last track on this album is a, is a song written by Andrew Latris with the words of William Butler Yeats. It's called The Lake Isle of Innisfree. It's very acoustic uh, with strings and you, got, you have my baritone voice, very dominant. And I was thinking of doing something more in that vein. Cool. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. When you look at the last three albums, is there a uh, song out of the three that you feel best represents what you were trying to get across, your favorite maybe? Well, I think we mentioned it already. That I think What Have You Done is this complete standout track. It, it, it 
how it how it was written. It was written in two days. Everything just came, you know, just came to me. Uh, I didn't have to search for anything. It just came, dropped down, and just like, oh, it's got to be strings there. It's got to be that. I just knew, you know, it was. It's like a gift from above. Uh, I, I'm, to be honest, I love all the songs, really. I do, but I think that just stands out a little bit more than the rest of what I've done. Uh, yeah, I can, uh, I can live with that one. That's that's one of my favorites, absolutely. Uh, were there any plans, or or maybe you hope one day to be able to to maybe do a show or a couple of shows, maybe with you know playing these songs? That's the million dollar question. I get it. <laughs> And why now? Because I've done three albums, and I know fans want to see me perform uh, songs from each album. Um, at the earliest, I could go out. Uh, I'd say August, September next year, and because simply I'm too occupied with Hackett, and and I have I made Steve a promise. You know, I'll be there as long as you want me. That and he knows that, so he keeps booking these shows, afraid I will leave. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, do, I mean, it just seems the popularity of these, these tours seems like it could go on forever. So, you know, and that's to take advantage while people still want to come, you know. Well, you know that we were only due for, you know, one year. It was, we were just going to do 2013 and then Steve was going to go back doing his solo stuff. But uh-uh. once you realize that, oh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the audience, it's like tenfold, you know, it just it just became more popular past every year, and so he 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 realized that he he needs to do the Genesis stuff. The promoters won't you know allow him to do anything else really apart. Well, he of course he he does a bit you know a share of his solo stuff first, but the people they want the Genesis fix, and Steve knows that now. So that's that's the gig. Yeah. And you know what? It's great. I mean, the, the, these songs are songs that, that should be heard for the rest of time. And uh, and so it's a, a great thing that he does it. And, and to have a to find a singer like yourself that can handle this stuff is also I mean, that doesn't happen every day. So I think that's been just as just one along with one of the reasons that it's been successful is is your involvement, I, I would have to say. Well, bless your heart. Thank yeah. you. I, I, you know, I he heard something in my voice from the word go and he realized this might be the guy let's give him a shot i was 53 you know i wasn't his, i wasn't a spring chicken anymore and he he knew i've been waiting the wings for many years for something like this to happen because you know i've been i've been singing and been in bands done it all since i was what 13 14 years old and i'm 60 now you know so he, 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 I guess he wanted to give me a break. And he's such a sweet guy. You know, he really is one of a, a genuine, friendly sweetheart. That's what Steve Hackett is. And we've become very good friends over the years. Uh, so um, he heard something there he thought might work. And then it's, it's, it had just escalated. Now, and, and, and my singing has improved past every year, you know. And now we're so, we're so in the pocket with everything. So why stop? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, Nat. I'm glad we finally got to speak uh, yeah. and, and do this. And I'll see you on the next Cruise to the Edge. I'll be there. Um, catch another one of your fantastic shows. And okay. um, again, Nat, an album, uh, Regal Bastard, comes out July 5th. Everybody get it. And catch uh, Steve Hackett and the band out on tour if you can. And uh, thanks again, Nat. We'll see you around. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, man. Bye, Roy. Bye. Bye.
Thanks to Nad for the interview. You can check out Nad Sylvan on tour with Steve Hackett and his new album, The Regal Bastard, available now online everywhere. We're going to close with the track, Woe, Always Been Without You, from the new album. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter and Instagram, and check out our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. Thanks, see you again soon. Things to do things right I can't be still